Blog Talk Radio. I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met... Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP Yoga. It's Nacho Mama's Yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! Took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits. It was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around. It's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. High five. Well, well. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to a brand new episode of DDP Radio live right here at ddpradio.com. My name is Mike Mullins. We are broadcasting live from the frozen tundra, that is, Raleigh, North Carolina, the DDP Radio Megaplex in beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina. And I'm going to make my usual trek down the hall, up the escalator. But while we're riding the escalator, I must tell you a tale. We, this morning, attempted to contact Crystal Stewart on top of the mountain, on top of the mountain, on top of the mountain, on top of Mount Ontario. And through the cold and the wet rain and the icy tundra that is the mountain, on top of the mountain, on top of the mountain, on top of Mount Ontario, there was no signal. There was nothing. Concerned for her, I called upon my arch nemesis, Josh McAdoo. I said, Josh... You know, I hate you, but I need you. Please take your four Alaskan sled dogs and find our crystal. So Josh trekked through the mountains of Canada. He went up the mountain, on top of the mountain, on top of the mountain, on top of Mount Ontario, rescued Crystal, gave her the secret code that turns on DDP radio. I saw the light. I captured the light, and boom, blasted out to the world. Josh McAdoo, I may not like you, but I respect you. Thank you for finding our crystal in the midst of the storm and the blizzard and the cold, and we are lucky to have her here tonight. Crystal Stewart, how are you? <laughs> I'm really good. Josh McAdoo's my hero. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we, uh, well, don't go that far. There you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, well... As I stated before, you've already reached full peak winter up there. How are uh, how are you feeling? How's it uh, how's it going? Are you guys handling the snowstorm? Um, uh, no snowstorm, but we do have like uh, I don't know, maybe two inches of snow, just enough to screw everything up and put your flip flops <laughs> away. That's about it. It's so. It's so funny. I'm from New England, and like we got battered up there. Like we got it. We're just below Canada where I was, so I'm used yep. to those winters. And down here, when I moved to North Carolina, if there's a dusting, the tile the town shuts down. Like they don't even own plow <laughs> equipment in the town, so it's so funny. But I used to go to go to work. I go to school, all that stuff. I travel in the snow, 
to get everywhere up north, so it didn't really bother me. But when I moved down here and, and things are like that, I kind of bought into it. So now if there's like a dust thing, I'm like, I can't leave my house for a week. There was snow two days ago. <laughs> uh, it's really I've lost funny. my calluses for New England. Right? It's a, it really is a Canadian – everybody jokes about it, but it really is a Canadian thing that – you know, we all go to Tim Hortons and we all bring back something warm to drink and we, you know, just hang around outside and, you know, if somebody dares you to do something, you just say, hold my Timmy's and watch this. I mean, it really <laughs> is a thing. <laughs> it started. Uh, it's literal uh, Doug, McK- uh, was it Doug McKenzie and uh, what's his name? <laughs> From uh, Dave and uh, Doug McKenzie. Yeah, Dave and, Dave and yeah, that's exactly. Sorry, I drew yeah. a blank. <laughs> um, well, anywho, I know. Let's get right into it because I know we have a guest tonight. We have a very special guest, a DDPY Warrior of the Week, and I know you only bring the best to this show. So I'm expecting another banger from you, Crystal. And without any further ado, I would love for you to bring on our guest and let us know who we got tonight and uh, let's tell some stories get people inspired and uh, announce our warrior of the week <laughs> I'd really like to but I don't know how to pronounce his last name properly um, I thought it was Hawk Knot it's something else it, I don't even know I'm part French it's all weird to me um, his first name is Ryan I wanted to call him Pops but yeah no that's not right. So I apologize, Ryan. Maybe he'll set the record straight. Um, Ryan, are you there? Yes, it's Hafes. Hafes. See, I, I knew one. it wasn't that complicated, but yeah. So, yes, I apologize. Ryan Hafes. It's okay. <laughs> um, oh. So tonight... Is Ryan is warrior for tonight, and um, he has an incredible story. I'm so looking forward to hearing about this because it just goes to prove that we <laughs> life isn't a straight line. It's up and down, and there's so many curves and peaks and valleys. And Ryan is um, a true testament to working through all of that. So. I can't wait for you to hear a story, so please welcome Ryan to the show. Well, speaking of peaks and valleys, um, the second the intro started, my call cut off. So I was really excited, oh, no. and then I got really unexcited. And then <laughs> I tried to call back in, and it said call failed. And I just guess I guess I just kind of got lucky because now it's working. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, sorry for the for the technical issue. And we'll we'll get your name right uh, this time. <laughs> when um, I when I back in my when I used to be touring with rock bands and stuff, I used to do all kinds of tour managing and stuff from a lot of '80s bands. But I went out with this guy. He was a '70s teen idol. He was doing a tour. His name was Leaf Garrett. And uh, yep. his name was, it was L E I F. And if you called him Leaf, he would get so mad at you. You had to call him Leaf. And I'm like, there's just a barely a vowel like difference there, but it just reminded me of that when Crystal was going through the the, the pronunciations. It's Leif Garrett, not Leaf. Right. <laughs> um, but welcome so to the, the show, man. We is, appreciate um, you coming on. Um, oh, I go, go for it, man. Sorry about that. Well, I, 
so I have I have two daughters, and people always say, "Oh, don't you want to have a son? You know, carry on the family name." And I always say, uh, <laughs> "It's not that great of not that great of a name to begin with, to be honest with you. No, nobody can pronounce it." <laughs> it's uh, it's a it's a it's a cool name and uh, it's different and unique and it's not so unique. You know how some people like like to get overly creative with kids' names nowadays and it's like you're just giving that kid a chore for the rest of his life to have to explain how to spell that name. Like at least it's not one of those crazy. I like, give my kid a, a vowels all over the place and. <laughs> I, I actually work at a daycare, so I know exactly what you're talking about. I have like 50 kids' oh sample goodness. size to work with there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there, there you go. Then you know it, and uh, you know I'm sure when you do roll call, it's like you have to like figure it out like a math problem. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well. Well, I get, well, I think we have a bad lag here, so I'm going to try to not talk over everybody, but it might be a fruitless effort. But um, thanks for coming on, and we always, you know, we always like to get to know each other on the air. But first things first, um, we have one standard question that I always start off with, and every warrior, every superhero needs an origin story. Ryan, what was it got you to uh, try out DDPY and got you to this spot right here? What were the circumstances where you felt I'm going to I'm going to try this out and give it a shot? So I have my original origin story is not a very good one. I actually pirated the DVDs, so I like to skip over that part. Um, that was probably <laughs> okay. you know t- 2017 <laughs> or so. It's okay. I told Steve that I did that, and he said it's okay as long as you buy the app now. Um, I still have them actually. <laughs> so I pirated the DVDs. I did it like three times, and I just never stuck with it. Um, but my real origin story is. June 2018 is when I started DDPY. Um, It was a really dark time for me. So I'd been in the Army for a decade. I was in the Army and in the National Guard. Um, Not as easy. People like to joke about. Um, You know, you have to work full time and then one weekend a month, which ends up turning into two weekends a month and maybe a month during the summer. Um, It gets pretty crazy. So I did that for a whole decade, and for six of those years, I was working third shift and then doing drill on weekends. Um, So when I got done with that, I had started drinking really heavily. Um, Just I didn't know how to cope with how stressed out I was. Um, You know, it's a weird time for everybody. I had young kids. Uh, My first kid was born at the end of 2015. So real stressful time. Um, I was drinking nightly. For maybe two years straight, I think there was a handful of times each year, literally a handful, that I went a night without drinking. So it was pretty bad. Um, I kind of ballooned up. I was I got up to 250 pounds at that time, which I am 5'10", 5'11". So from somebody who was like, you know, a track star athlete in high school, you know, 170, 180 pounds, getting all the way up to 250 was really, really bad for me. Um, So I knew I had to do something. Um, I had joined the group in probably sometime in the end of 2017, the DDP Yoga main main group on Facebook, Um, kind of reading inspirational stories, but they didn't really inspire me. I wasn't in the mindset. I wasn't ready to change yet. Um, it took me about six months of reading that before I finally decided it was time. And at that point, um, 
we were in such financial distress, and I was so stressed, stressed out from drinking, which, of course, causes you to drink more. It's fun how that alcohol stuff works. Um, so we were – I had not enough money in my checking account to buy a year of the app, so I had to put it on my credit card, which was almost maxed out at that time, actually. Um, so I had just enough room to squeeze in a year of DDPY on that credit card. So it was kind of like saying, this is like my last chance that I'm giving myself. Like, this is, this is all you got. If you don't do this now, then you're probably fucked, you know? And I do swear a lot, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So that's where, Please that's feel free. where I started doing DDPY. And then from there, um, I started with a program, and then I kind of moved into the custom workouts, really enjoying the live ones that were coming out every week. Um, my weight slid off really easily, but I never quit drinking. actually substituted drinking for supper a lot of nights. So it was like, yeah, look at me. I'm losing weight. I can take these cool pictures at one month, two months, and three months showing you, look, my stomach is shrinking. I'm getting strong. But actually, I was doing a ton of damage, um, you know, drinking and working out at the same time is not really a great combination for your heart. So that, no. I, continued that I continued that for a while, and then it eventually kind of came to a head. I believe it was early 2019. Um, I got to the point where I was actually, you know, shaking, like the classic um, alcoholic syndrome. I forget what it's called. You know, the shakes and sweating and heart racing. Um, I detox, found myself right? Detox, yeah. Except I wasn't detoxing. I was retoxing every single night. And then I would be, I found myself laying on the basement floor. You know, my kids were upstairs playing, and I'm sitting here laying on the basement floor like a complete piece of shit, sweating and thinking, do I need to go to the hospital and you know, all, knowing that I did all of this to myself was the worst part. Like, it was a rough time. So I, I got sober, and then I, it lasted, you know, a couple months. Most people don't really stop drinking, and then they're just done forever. Some people do, and that's really awesome. But most people that need to quit drinking, it's kind of a journey. So I quit drinking for a few months, and then... I started drinking, you know, I'll just drink beer. I won't drink hard liquor. And then that, of course, didn't work out. We can fast forward through a couple more years of that on and off. And then um, in January 2021, I decided to join the Positively Unstoppable Challenge. So I wasn't going to do it because, of course, with my mindset, it was a waste of time. It was stupid. Why would I do that? But I decided to just commit myself, saying today is the day. I'm going to start this challenge, and I'm going to quit drinking. I don't know how long I'm going to quit drinking, but I'm going to see how long it lasts. Um, and that was January 27th, 2021, I believe. And I haven't drank since that day, so I've been doing Ooh, pretty good with good that. Job. Good wow, that's, job. Wow, that's, that's a huge, huge accomplishment. Congratulations, man. Thank you. And then, yeah, so, part of that was um, Scott Anderson, who has been on this show, and also yep. Ryan Anderson, the other Anderson, um, we started this, they started really, this DDPY and sobriety group, and that really kind of helped me 
because, uh, you know, they were sharing their issues and their struggles, and then we got more people in there, and everybody was just kind of sharing. And it's like, hey, maybe we, you know, maybe we don't need a drink to live life. And it's a long process, but I'm, I'm doing pretty good now. Awesome. That's incredible, man. Congratulations. That's, I mean, that's such a huge deal. Um, I know, I don't know if you're a wrestling fan or anything, but you know, I, I heard the stories recently about Kevin Nash's kid, you know, drinking, uh, quitting drinking is no joke. That, that's really an intense addiction. Uh, I, I, I mean, I've had enough of my vices in the past. Drinking hasn't been one of them. Thank Christ. But I, I can, I've been around people who have struggled with that and the hooks that it sets in you is incredibly difficult to uh, remove. So the, the amount of willpower that it takes to kind of gut through that and, and work on it is, is awesome. And I, and I love how you, it's not black and white either. A lot of people like to look at addiction, like black and white, it's all or nothing. And the way you described it, the process behind it, I think that's more of a realistic way. And when people cloud it as like, you're going to have this magic moment where you just never drink again and that's it, never have a problem anymore. I think that hurts people trying to get sober because they feel that it's not a realistic path for them. And with all that said, how are you navigating post-drinking life? Do you find yourself being compelled or drawn to it? Is it something you have to struggle with every day, or is it something you kind of put out of your brain for a bit? Like, where are you at with that? So at this point, it's been, you know, almost, we're almost on two years now, so I don't really, I don't get the physical cravings. But sometimes, um, you know, it's such a thing in pop culture, like, you're watching a sitcom, you're watching a movie. Hey, we just got done with work. Let's go have a beer. Hey, we just solved a crime. Let's go have a beer. <laughs> and then I see that and I'm like, oh man, you know, it'd be kind of nice to have a beer. Oh wait, if I have a beer, I'm going to have 15 beers. So I should stick with zero. But yeah, it was really hard at first. Um, just the physical aspect of it. Like you said, quitting drinking as a lot of doctors say it is the most dangerous thing to quit. And realistically, I should have gone to a facility. Um, with the, the point that I was at, um, we had to take a car ride, um, not to get into a long story, but we had a house, and then we moved six hours away, and we, later, we, had a, we rented our house, and then we later sold it. So we had to go back to the old house. So I had a really long car ride, and it was right as I just quit drinking the first time, and I was sweating, and I, I couldn't even see straight. I wasn't driving, obviously. My wife was driving. But she had to drive the whole way, and I was sweating. I couldn't see straight. My kids were in the back seat, and I was like, we're driving through um, Duluth, a bigger town, and I honestly, seriously considered asking her to bring me to the hospital because, like, I didn't know if I was having a stroke. I didn't know if I was going to die. I didn't know what it was. But it, that was super, super scary. And um, even when I started drinking after that, I never got, quote, unquote, blackout just because of that experience that I had that started with, that started my path of having negative experience with alcohol, which then took, you know, another year or two to get me to the point where I was kind of scared straight. Um, the main thing I did when I quit drinking was I read scientific studies and literature and all this stuff about what alcohol was actually doing to me. And after I read all that stuff about like what it does to the body, I was just, I needed something, and that, that just completely terrified me away from drinking. Um, I don't really share that information with other people because I don't care if somebody drinks. You know, most people can drink and just have a beer, have a glass of wine, whatever. 
it's really not that big of a deal. Um, but for me, that's what I had to do in order to be able to quit drinking is have those scary medical experiences and just kind of read all that scientific stuff about what it really was doing to my body. And realistically, I think I would have been probably dead by age 50 if I had continued like that. Um, and the other thing was, she didn't, my wife didn't tell me this at the time, but later on she did tell me, like, yeah, I was probably going to leave with the children if you were going to continue living like that, and you would have been alone. So I probably would have died alone. So that was fun wow. to think about. So that's good motivation. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredibly hard for you. And, and, you know, just from being around people, like, it's incredibly hard for the loved ones too. And it's hard for anyone to see the other's point of view when you're in the thick of it. But, you know, having some distance, obviously you understand your wife and she understands what you went through and you probably are stronger because of it. Definitely. Um, now, Ryan, I have a, Oh, sorry. No, Crystal, please go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, Ryan, what's it like? What does it feel like to go from making yourself just an option to making yourself a priority? That's, I mean, your wellness a priority. I, it, there are so many avenues that can dwell that into you neglecting yourself um, how, how I don't even know how you fix that um, I know it sounds kind of weird to some people but I really like separate that self from my current self and I just kind of hate my past self I'm not like mad about it I'm not mad at what I was you know people in their 20s are going to do what they're going to do but right. I, I just think I just think about like how much every day I would hate my past self so that my current self and future self could be a little better. And it just took so many years and now eventually where I am now, but yeah, prioritizing yourself is one thing, but also um, because kind of serving other people is also helps you can also help you with that. If you have a purpose, then you're more likely to, take care of yourself so that you can fulfill yep. your purpose for others. It's this whole hippy-dippy, lovey-dovey thing, you know? Hippy-dippy. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I mean, that's, I, I find that's a great way to look at it, too. You know, a lot of the recovery talk and a lot of people in that world, like, I mean, and as much as it, I'm sure it's so helpful for a lot of people, but, I mean, when I see, like, a lot of the, the self-help stuff, it's always about, do it for yourself. Love yourself. You know, you know, you're, you're just love yourself more than anyone. I'm like, well, that's kind of what got me into some of my problems in my life. I kind of loved myself too much. I kind of thought of myself <laughs> right. too much. And I think a lot of motivation should and could come from is being better to the people that you hurt in that time. And having a family is one of those things that's like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't be loving myself as much as I am thinking of them now. And, you know, both can go hand in hand, but you're, you've got a whole set of circumstances to fight for. And that's motivating, if you ask me. Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, that's, um, that's kind of the thing in, in the recovery community is how can I help other people? And then you learn from them and then you find new ways to help yourself and keep yourself sober from whatever you're abstaining from at the time. Did you realize in the thick of it how bad you felt? 
Um, yes. So after in January 2021, after I quit drinking for the last time, God willing, um, uh-huh. I could physically I could feel like the detox of my body. So at that time, um, people were still doing online classes. Um, I was doing a class with Dr. Marcel, the revered Dr. Yep. Marcel, and it was like a just a nice beginner class. I mean, as beginner, if you've taken Marcel's classes, you know, there's only so beginner that he can go. He'll still get crazy. But it was like a beginner mm-hmm. class. And I was watching my heart rate during the, like the breathing and the warm up. my heart rate was shooting up to 120, 130, 140. Cool. So it was like, it's not, it's not just mental. It's physically my body was like, my heart was pounding all the time it would get to the point where I would walk up the stairs and my heart was pounding and I would have to lay down. It takes, it takes months and you just have to sleep a lot. And luckily for me, I have a nice wife who kind of took care of things. Um, knowing of course that if I decided to go back to drinking, I would not have that. But yeah, she really took care of things with the kids and around the house. And really just, I had to sleep for like two months straight. And then I, I kind of came out of it, snapped out of it. It was spring going into summer, and I was like, oh, I think I can be a normal person now. That's huge. Well, that's – so, you know, you talked about gaining a lot of weight, um, you know, when you were drinking and, and you got out of shape a little bit. You used to be an athlete, and, and you were struggling with that. How has DDPY changed your, you know, your your your, your body, your – fitness level, your health. So, yeah, when I was really overweight, I was at the point where, you know, I could only wear stretchy pants, and that was really hard for me because, like I said, I was in basketball, I was in track, and then I was in the Army, and you have to be in shape in the Army or else you can't be in the Army. So I think part of it was um, being in the Army made me dislike exercise because of how regimented it is and how it's kind of like, you're doing this because you have to and not because you want to. So it was really a nice transition for me to have like that kind of, you know, I don't know what to call it, macho sort of thing that DDPY has without being like, you know, the yelling that you get in the army and all that. It's not like, it's not forced, it's fun, but it's also geared towards athletes, I guess you would say. I mean, we all and know no the story of how it, how it was founded and all that stuff. Yeah, no impact. And why he does it the way he does it, why Dallas did it the way he did it. And it just really, I think it jives really well with people who were um, athletic at one point or still are and are looking to just kind of get back a little bit. Um, so I'm an instructor. I got, I also did that in 2021. And then, I started teaching a high school boys basketball team once a week and they, they really thought it was cool because, you know, that's probably, if you can think of the last people on earth that are going to do yoga with no girls around to impress, it's Uh probably high school boys. And yeah, they, they were loving it. They were, they didn't get any soft tissue injuries like they usually got. Um, It's a really small school. like, really, really small, like 40 kids per class. So they play, they, all the boys play football and then basketball and then baseball. So they come right out of football season. They're all just 
dead, hurt, tired, you know, sore. And then they started doing this DDPUI and they were really starting to feel it and really, they really got some good stuff out of it and they really enjoyed it. So that's one thing that I think is really good is that it's just really appealing to athletes and, you know, that sort of people. I think one of the most amazing, amazing things about your story, Ryan, is that you highlight that everyone is a warrior in their own right. And wow, what you've come through and what you've, you know, just dealt with and used your DDP knowledge and you're helping so many people. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm hoping we can do it again next year. Um, the football team is actually in the state tournament, so I'm just kind of waiting to switch schools or switch um, sports. It's really interesting living in a small town. I live in a town of 1,200 people, so it's kind of like, oh, we oh. can't get ready for the next thing until we're done with this thing because, right? you know, <laughs> we don't have enough people here. You brought up such a great point, though. Um not just wrestlers or pro athletes. I've always said, if you're doing an athletic sport, DDPY fits in so well with keeping yourself loose and fresh and also kind of working back those injuries. Uh, when you're young, especially, you feel invincible. Like I, I did sports growing up and it's like, and when I look at the way how reckless I was with my body and was afforded to be able to because of youth, I couldn't believe it. But like, that stuff beats you up over time. And if you're an athlete, just to strengthen those, you know, core muscles and those stabilizing muscles, because usually when you're an athlete, it's not like a big injury. It's twisting the wrong way on a base or, you know, tweaking your knee and having those strong muscles, the stabilizing muscles for no matter what level of athletics, I think is a huge plus. And I love that you're bringing that to the local sports team like that. Yeah, it's something you don't see a lot, but, I mean, it really makes sense. Uh, the first student I had, I started with one-on-ones. This kid broke his leg in football, and his dad mm-hmm. called me, and he was like, this kid, he's, his leg is healed, but he, like, he can't reach down and touch his knee, his knees because he's so inflexible because, you know, his the wrong muscles weren't working the way that they were supposed to be because he had broken his leg. So to see him progress from where he started to like the end of basketball when he was he could touch his toes by the end I mean it was so super cool and yeah like you said you know you think oh these kids are athletes they can think they're invincible but they're really not I mean they're people um I I am friends with Jake Order and I talk to him pretty regularly and I just got a message from him and he just said give me a favor and ask um Ryan about the warrior's purpose so what was that experience like for you oh sure that was that was um like the coolest no offense to my children being born and my wife and my marriage but that was probably the coolest moment of my life (laughs) getting to do that I mean I mean it was so crazy and I was freaking out because I got the email asking if I wanted to do it and it was my daughter's baptism that weekend and I was like oh I'm not going to be able to do it they're not going to let me do it and then I just asked if I could leave a day early and they were like uh yeah (laughs) like I made a big deal out of nothing so yeah I got to go um got to meet such awesome people everyone at the company was so nice and cool and they had everything all 
all ready to go, all laid out. It was amazing. The film crew was awesome. Garrett was okay, you know. <laughs> he was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wouldn't go really that far. Experience. Okay is a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Getting to meet all these people, um, most of them I didn't know personally. A couple I was friends with on Facebook. Um, Scott French, of course, I was – we talked quite a bit, but we had obviously never met before, so getting to meet him was awesome stuff. And, yeah, it was just a really, really great experience that I'll never forget. Did you meet Dallas, Brian? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we got there. First of all, Steve picked us up in the van and drove like a crazy person through town. And <laughs> that was That was really interesting stuff. That Atlanta driving is no joke, man. No kidding. Um, but, yeah, we were there, and then Dallas walked in, and we were all just kind of like, because <gasps> I don't think any of us, maybe one or two people, but none of us had ever met him before. So it was really fun for us. And then I walked over and introduced myself, and he said, I know who you are, bro. And I was like, <gasps> what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why do you know who I am? That's awesome. so, yeah, for for those was, for those awesome. unfamiliar, you want to fill everyone in with the Warriors, uh, the the, um, the Warriors uh, purpose. I'm drawing a blank. Purpose, yeah. I was purpose. Say pose. <laughs> I'm so used to saying Warrior <laughs> pose, a position. Um, do you want to fill uh, everyone in what that is, what you, what you participated in, in case people at home aren't familiar? Yeah. So um, on the app, there's a special workout section called the Warriors Purpose Workouts, and it's basically the goal was just to create a community of veterans within the DDPY community um, that were kind of, you know, scattered here and there, but just kind of have one place that they can go and to show you different examples of all sorts of different people that were in the military. Like you had me there. I was a linguist, so I'm a nerd. Um, You know, we had combat veterans. We had Navy people, men, women, Air Force. Um, We had a spouse of a suicide um, victim. This is just like everybody from the community was represented really well. And um, I guess there wasn't really a clear intention when we were shooting the workouts of what they wanted to do with it, but they knew they wanted to start building something. And now that they've released the workouts, we're kind of starting to build that community a little more. Now, so not just to be, to be like clear- exclusive – Sorry. Right, I was just going to say, no, no, not at all. Just to be clear, the warrior's purpose isn't just for warriors to do it um, and by, you know, service warriors, military, you know, anybody can do it. So Correct. I just wanted to make that clear. Yes, sorry. Yeah, not meaning to no, say I... that it's exclusive to the military, but it's like there's a there's a unique mindset that, people in the military have that I think sometimes they just need to see, Hey, this guy is a combat vet like me. If he can do yeah. that, maybe I can do that. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, uh, absolutely. And, you know, Dallas has always been very uh, military minded. You know, the first weekend I spent with him um, driving around, he was telling me about all the times, you know, he went over to Afghanistan to do those appearances and stuff. And a lot of times when you go over there, like those guys just kind of pop in, you know, stay in a, in a nice little trailer or something and take off. And DDP really spent a long, quite a bit 
in Afghanistan hanging with people. And I've talked to people who were over there who met him at the time and it really stuck with them. And from early, early on, like, you know, when our conversations, when I was talking to him, it was probably 2011. His goal was to have a version of GDPY for the military. Um, As you put it earlier, you're so used to being regimented and in good shape and, I think when a lot of people come home, and I'm speaking out of turn, I have no military experience, but I think when a lot of people come home, they don't know how to handle that that lack of structure with their workouts. And like you said, you find yourself kind of slipping. I think it's an amazing area for people who have served to go and have that kind of camaraderie of, of the warrior's purpose, but also the structure and the workout to kind of go along with it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, people coming home, even if they're not overseas, even when you just get out of the military, I mean, even when you're not deployed, you know, you're still working 12, 14, 16-hour days, and everything you do is military-related. So even getting out, you just kind of like – it's really easy to get bitter because it's really easy to be bitter in the military, and then you get out and you carry that bitterness with you. And so having a guy like DDP, you know, this big-ass freaking pro wrestler saying, hey, it's okay (laughs) to, like, be stressed out and it's okay to do some introspection and get real with yourself. And it's it's not unmanly to do these kinds of things, you know. So I think that's really good. Um, I just wanted to take a chance, Ryan, just to say – um, you must you must have made um, a heck of an impact on a lot of people in the community because my phone is blowing up with people saying, "Ask them this, ask them this." So I do have another Shuck. question, and it's from Bob Wright, and he wanted me to ask you about your ice plunge and why. Oh, okay. So that actually yeah. started. Last winter, um, I don't remember why I came across it. I might have seen it on Reddit or Twitter, or not Twitter, Facebook or something. Um, Wim Hof doing this stuff. If you guys know who Wim Hof is, he's this, I think he's Danish. Um, I think so. so. I believe the story is that his wife died. I don't remember the exact story, so I'm probably not, shouldn't repeat it too much, but he's, developed all this stuff with his breathing plan and his ice baths. So I thought, well, hey, why not give that a try, you know? Because, I mean, you can work out only so much until your body needs to rest, and then you have to do some mental work. So this seemed like a good way to do some mental work to me. Um, We have a free supply of ice here in Minnesota for, you know, six months of the year. So I thought, (laughs) hell, why not try this? Um, That's awesome. It started just jumping into snowbanks, like, in my underwear, you know? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And then I would see how long I could lay there. And my wife was doing this with me, too, by the way. She's she's hardcore. Don't let her fool you. Oh. Um, And then we got a tub, and we put that out and started getting in that. You know, you start with just the legs, and then you go in up to the waist and then eventually you go all the way in up to your shoulders. And, I mean, really it's all about that um, diaphragmatic breathing. You take that lesson from DDPY, which is where I learned it. I mean, it's a meditative technique, 
that's not unique to DEPY, obviously, but that's where I learned it, and that's where probably a lot of people learned it. Um, you just apply that. You can apply it to sports, and then you can apply it to the ice bath. And when you're in there, you're really just focusing on your breath. And then eventually, um, it takes everybody a different amount of time. But for me, after about 30 seconds, I'm just totally calm and totally at peace. It's like, I'm sure it's like being in, um, what do they call those, a sensory deprivation tank? Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like that for me, you know. I'm sitting there staring at the stars. I can't feel anything. My, I can't feel any pain that I might have had in my body. Um, I can't think about any problems that I might have had going in because my brain thinks I might be dying of the cold. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's that fun little trick, you know. It's, if you think you're dying, it's really hard to be worried. So if you just trick your brain into thinking you're dying for like two, three minutes every night, um, eventually you're going to be pretty calm. Wow. Um, R- Ryan, um, with with all due respect. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I just put a blanket not, on here. It's not for everybody. Oh. It's not for everybody, but I, it's how, it works for me so well. Well, I, I respect you, and I, I, I respect your ability to do that. And that said, um, don't invite me over. <laughs> the, the tub does fit too so you know maybe we can but talk my, about it my feet are cold and I'm about to get off the show and complain about it to my wife for about 20 minutes the other nice thing is once I get inside it feels warm no matter what the temperature so I can leave the thermostat at like 64 and it feels like a freaking sauna compared to being an ice bath. I have done yeah, a total I mean, I cleanse. I know how cold it is. It's shockingly cold. I am somewhat tempted to do a polar plunge and then be that guy that just stays out there for like 10 minutes, freaking everybody out. Oh, I'll right. meet you guys in the hot tub. <laughs> 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 No, that's, I mean, well, I mean Ryan, that's a big we... thing right now. A lot of people are getting yeah. those, like, uh, you know, uh, fat cryotherapy chambers and all that stuff. Yep. Uh, so I, the that's science true. is there. It's just I'm too much of a, you know, uh, victim of comfort to try it. Yeah. Well, maybe someday. Comfort. You never say never. Never. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Crystal. No, I was just going to say, let's make it. I'll put it out there right now. If we ever meet in person, Ryan, we'll go jump into a frozen lake somewhere. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. There you lake go. Lake Superior is the one to, do, one to go in. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> we used, so, to, we uh, used to live on Lake Superior up in northern Minnesota, and when my my daughters were like two, one and three to two and four. They used to go into Lake Superior in like October. So if they yep. can do it, I think you can do it. Oh yeah. I mean, I have done polar point, just not in Superior, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's character building. 
you, uh, you Minnesota people and you Canadian people are built with a certain <laughs> toughness for the weather, though. Like you guys, I, I'm from New England originally, so I, I know winter. I never knew winter until I went to Minnesota for like the hockey thing. I've, I mean, that's winter. <laughs> that's real winter. Yeah, it's actually uh, colder than Ontario in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty cold. Um, you know, there's all those uh, stories about the Vern Gagne training camps up there. You know, making guys like run yep. in the snow for miles. But um, no, that's I mean, it, it takes a certain amount of toughness, and uh, I gotta I'll be first to admit I don't got it. <laughs> but <laughs> so going forward, you've made these big changes. You've connected a lot of people in the community. You've been to the PC and you've done stuff there with the Warriors' uh, uh, purpose. You know, what's on the horizon for you? Obviously, you've got to feel like a renewed sense of hope that probably wasn't there for a little while. Now that you've got that and you're moving forward with it, are there any goals through DDPY or life in general that you'd like to explore with this new, you know, sense of purpose? Yeah, I mean, um, so it's just like, like I said, it's like I'm I'm living a completely new life, and I'm really enjoying my 30s much more than I did my 20s. You know, they say youth is wasted on the young. Um, yep. I guess I just kind of try to come up with these little challenges here and there, but it's not super important to me to meet any physical goals anymore because I've just been maintaining for so long that it's just kind of, you know, it's what I do now. But I do like to change things up. Um, this summer we did uh, me and Rob Ramsey and um, – Tanya, I don't remember. I don't know if she changed her last name. Um, Tanya, uh, we did a bike challenge. So we biked. Oh, wow. Our challenge was to bike 250 miles each in July. Um, So we had a 750-mile team goal. We decided to make it a team goal in case one of us wasn't going to make it. Uh, We all made it. We all crushed it. And I forgot how many miles we ended up. I think it was like 1,100. Rob obviously did most of those because he's a freaking freak. But he also, you know, if you know Rob, he's he has so much stuff he's overcome. So I can call him a freak and make him seem like it's easy, but it's not easy for him. So he's a true, true warrior. Um, yep. So, yeah, we did that bike. We did that bike challenge. And then after that, this is going to sound lame, but I don't even care. I redownloaded Pokemon Go and I started playing that again just to get out of the house, walk around town. You know, I'll pop in a podcast pop in the replay of DDP radio because you guys are on during AEW so I can never listen live (laughs) (laughs) and I'll catch up. I'll catch up on podcasts and I'll just walk around, play Pokemon go. And I'm sure Crystal will appreciate this. It gives me my distances in kilometers. So I've been walking like a hundred kilometers a week, (laughs) every week since July. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we, we, we like to call, um, the AEW DDP radio, the Wednesday night wars, you know, us going back and forth <laughs> in the ratings, you know, they got a slight edge Thankfully right now, can... but I'm, I'm You guys, you got to just do a couple pay-per-views and you'll get back. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're, we're planning, we're planning to bring in the Jake world order to shake things up and pop the ratings. So we'll be good. Good Lord. <laughs> um, and uh, I, so you just brought up Pokemon Go, and I, I mean that's not my scene or anything, but I remember a couple of years ago that was like the biggest thing in the world, and I haven't heard a thing about that since. What the hell happened to that thing? 
you know, it was this big thing when it came out and then it kind of died off. And now there's just, there's this really hardcore base of weirdos. And now I'm one of them. You know, I watched Pokemon growing up. It was, I'm the correct age. I'm 33. So it's just like a little, you know, pop of nostalgia. If, and before I started playing it, I started just walking around town anyways. And then it just came to me like, if I'm already walking around town, I might as well go catch some fake creatures on my phone while I'm, while I'm at it, you know? <laughs> There's only so much you can look at in a town of 1,200 people before you're like, okay, I've seen it all. Amen. <laughs> you, you don't have to explain nostalgia to me. I'm looking at Randy Savage's wrestling gear on my wall right now, so you don't have to explain it to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, you, know, I, 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 you know, everyone's got their thing, you know, right? But um, I actually, when that thing came out, I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, well, actually, it's probably more productive to get people out of the house and, you know, actually moving again. And then everyone just went back to their house <laughs> a couple of months. <laughs> but I'm glad, to see you're, exactly. I'm glad to see you're sticking with it. And, you know, any excuse to get out in the real world, I think there's a lot of people just trapped in cyberspace that yeah. could use some fresh air. <laughs> right. And well, I love my kids, well, but sometimes I need like a half hour away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds like a good little uh, excursion too. Take a breather. Um, oh, that's cool, man. Um, so before we go, you mentioned a couple other people. I just have to talk. I realize we're we're almost out of time. Uh, flew by today. Um, before we go, is there anyone in you'd want to shout out? Anything you want to plug? Any projects you're a part of you want to put out there? Uh, time is yours if you want to open up and uh, say hi to some people or whatever. All right. Um, well, I already shouted out the Warriors Purpose Crew and the DDPY and Sobriety Group. If you heard anything I said in the beginning and thought maybe that applies to me, just look us up. I believe we're linked through the main group. Um, it's a separate Facebook group. It is um, – you have to – click the button and answer the questions and all that good stuff, but we'd love to have you. Um, a big shout-out to Dr. Tom, who's always on the cutting edge of science with DDPY. Um, we're doing a little BFR challenge. That's been pretty fun. That's kind of keeping me interested in new things. Um, he's awesome. He's always there for you. Um, as far as, you know, personal projects, I don't really have any. I'm just – Try to be grateful each day and really just enjoy this life. Um, I did want to shout out a couple of books that really, really helped me. Um, the sure. first one is called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Um, yeah. I, I copied down, if you've heard of it, I copied down just one line from the description, and it's about um, the author maintaining that people's insistence that they have control of their life is an illusion that only brings pain. So this whole sobriety thing, um, they talk about this illusion of control that people have a, lot, a really hard time letting go of. But if you can kind of let go of the idea that you can control everything, um, you'll find it's a lot easier to enjoy what you have and enjoy your life and not worry about your past. Um, if there's anyone that should worry about his past, it's probably me. I've heard a lot of people, some people – I'll never be able to apologize to. Um, the best way forward for me is just to live a good life and help people going forward. And then the other one is a pretty well-known book. It's called The Four Agreements. 
Um, yeah. It's pretty simplistic, but if you read it and you actually do your best to live those, as simplistic as it seems and as corny as it seems and self-help as it seems, it really is helpful. Um, if I have time, could I just read those four agreements for everybody? Sure. For sure. For, yeah, for okay, sure. Okay, so read the book if you want to know more about them. These are just the four basic tenets of the book. So number one, be impeccable with your word. Um, it just kind of talks about how powerful words are and how if you say something you think is just innocent to somebody and they take it the wrong way, um, it could really spiral their life and then they hurt other people and it goes on and on. So be impeccable with your word. Uh, number two, don't take anything personally. That's a big one, especially like at work. People think, oh, my boss did this because he hates me. This person did this because they want to beat me out for this position or whatever. You just, you can't take stuff personally. Most people aren't thinking about you. You know, people talk about, oh, making my haters mad. You know, people aren't thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. Everybody's selfish. They're thinking about themselves. Nobody really thinks about you enough to be a hater, really, in my opinion. Um, agreement number three, don't make assumptions. That one's an old, pretty obvious one. And then agreement four, always do your best. Just always putting your best foot forward, you know. The same stuff that they talk, that DDP talks about in his book, Positively Unstoppable. Always doing your best, giving 100% in your relationships, in your work, in your home life, everything. So check those two books out and check out the DDPY and Sobriety Group if that's something you think you need. Oh. I, I love that, man. And those are so those are so practical and helpful, uh, you know, tenants. You know, some of, some of that stuff it just gets out there in the weeds for me, and it sounds pretty, but none of it really. A lot of the self help stuff is kind of, I don't know, it it doesn't seem to apply to a lot of things. But I love when somebody can get grounded with that stuff. I love the fact, you know, I've always said to people like, no one's thinking about you as much as you are, and and it's one of those things that we get inside our head and we so worry about what other people's perception is. And oftentimes when you sit with that thought process long enough, you can create whatever negative assumptions you want to have people think about you, and it's destructive. I've, I've found myself yeah. deep in those weeds at times, and it's, a, it's, a, it's also a different kind of narcissism in a way to think that everyone's constantly hating you and thinking about you all the time. And I think that's, that's a really great tenant, and I, and I love that you guys um, have those cores to, um, to, to process everything through because I think those are really quality, helpful things to, to do. Uh, and also, I hate when grown people use the word haters, <laughs> but that's beyond the point. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on uh, that one. <laughs> Um, but anyways, it was a pleasure having you on here, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, come talk with us. And your your journey's inspiring, and, and you're crushing it. So I'm I'm sure your your family's proud of you. I'm sure your your fellow DDPY people are proud of you. And, and I'm I'm excited to see what you do with this uh, this second chance that you've been given. Thank you guys very much for having me. It was a blast. All right, man. Well, I, I appreciate it. You'll have to come back and chat with us again sometime. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, Ryan Hafes. I got that, right? Nailed it. Great, Crystal, that's how it's done. That's how it's done, Crystal. All right. We are out of time. 
Crystal, we always finish things up with the quote of the week. And I believe we're off next week, right, for Thanksgiving, U.S. Thanksgiving? Uh, I don't uh, I'm pretty You'll sure. You'll have to check that, your schedule. Yeah. But I don't um, know. anyways, if, if we see you, we see. If we don't, we don't. But, Crystal, let's wrap things up with a yeah. quote of the week, and let's, uh, let's rock. Okay, so this quote is from Brene Brown. It's from her book, Daring Greatly. And when I looked up Ryan's, when I was researching his story, this is what came up. The willingness to show up changes us. It makes us a little braver each time we do it. I love it. So uh, let's show up. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you guys so much for Ryan Haves, Crystal Stewart, myself, Mike Mullins, DDP Radio. Have a great week or a Thanksgiving or whatever. The next time we see you, we'll talk to you guys soon. And most importantly, own it. Get your workouts done. Kick some ass. And uh, we'll see you guys real soon. Checked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The power bomb set up by Page. Oh! I don't believe it! Diamond Cutter out of the power box! We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work and most importantly, own your life. This has been a presentation of DDP Yoga and Blog Talk Radio.